Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hi there, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me today. A little bit of housekeeping. Sorry there's such a delay between this episode and the last one. We had a bit of illness in the house. Everyone is doing much better now. Uh, So I'm so excited to be back here. Today, my guest is Ashley Freeborn. She is the CEO and co-founder of Smash and Tess. Now, they have a really interesting story. Hero product is the romper, something that I think a lot of us didn't even consider as something to have in our closet until the pandemic hit. And she's going to talk a lot about, you know, her journey as not your typical fashion entrepreneur. And we're also going to talk about comfort dressing and how that has transformed over the past two months or so, or two years, I should say. Two months, wishful thinking on my part. Um, So here we go with the conversation with Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to hang out with you this Friday. Oh my goodness. And all the way from California, I'm so jealous as I sit here in gloomy Toronto right now. It I won't is April... tell you then how bright the sun is shining out yeah. the window. April Fools is happening in Toronto <laughs> as we record this because it was snowing this morning. <laughs> I've heard that. That is so wild. We're in April. Yeah, yeah it's just not fair. No. Um, but we're here to talk about like smash and tests and all sorts of cool things that have been a part of your journey. So before we get into it, I'd love you to just share a little bit about how smash and tests came to be. What was the the vision when, when you and your co-founders were, were starting out and how did you decide on the, the hero, the hero product of the romper six years ago yeah. to, to be your, to be your focus? Well, it was uh, really, I was uh, a teacher for 10 years, so didn't have a fashion background. Actually, when I graduated from high school, I never thought I could be a fashion entrepreneur. It seemed absolutely wild to imagine that in 2000. Uh, I just dated myself. Um, not in the way we see today, you know, fashion entrepreneurs all over social media. I'm certainly seeing the new generation being like, I could do this, which is so great. But for me, I thought I should do something with pension and benefits and all of that. So I went into teaching and I did that for 10 years. And I always, though, my mom and I had this absolute love for all things cozy. And we would spend all year planning our Christmas morning pajamas. That was like our thing. And sometimes we'd find them in February and sometimes we'd find them in October. Um, but we would just, this is what we loved. It was a tradition. And so um, when we'd through the year find cool pajamas, it was just something we shared. And we always, she's been my favorite shopping buddy um, forever, not just because she would foot the bill when I was a kid, but also just because we love fashion. And so um, she's a CEO of a financial institution. And I was in sort of year 10 of teaching and thought like, is this it for me? Like, is this going to be my life? And I kind of peeked out. I had a graduate degree. I was getting paid the most I'd ever get paid. And I felt very ready for a new, new chapter. And she had ripped out a paper in a Vogue magazine and Condé Nast College of Fashion and Design was opening um, a summer intensive in the UK. And she was like, why not? You're off. Go to it, go to school and go see if, you know, maybe there's something you want to do. You can see what you're good at. And maybe because we'd always talk, should we have a pajama store? Um, maybe you could explore that. And so I did that and really quickly learned I was terrible at a lot of things in fashion. I could not design a magazine cover for the life of me. Um, styling, I, I liked, but I don't know if I was particularly great at it. 
Um, and it wasn't until we got into sort of the business component that I started to put together the foundation of Smash and Tess. And I um, made an appointment with my senior lecturer at the very end of the summer program. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And really what it was based on was not so much a romper. Actually, our romper was not in our first spring collection when we launched. Um, it was actually more about creating an online space of women, supporting women and doing it comfortably, beautifully in our own shapes and sizes and colors. Um, and so that's what really drove me. And I wanted to do it direct to consumer, which in 2014, when I graduated, felt like a bit, you know, like websites and online shopping were not what they are today. Um, but I knew I wanted to kind of reclaim fashion um, and let women shop what they wanted to shop at the click of a button, whatever season they were in. And so that was the basis of Smash and Test. And I'm the Smash. My mom is the Test. And she was my first business partner. Um, and we bootstrapped the business from there. And um, we thought we were going to do pajamas. And right before we launched the brand, I got a job offer in LA. And so I brought my best friend into the mix, Mercedes. So I moved to LA, picked up the fashion, the brand launched online. Um, and it was more of like, it was, a, it was a lot of soft fabrics locally made, which is important to us. Um, and, uh, but we didn't have a romper. It wasn't until our first fall collection, we did a, our Sunday romper in Navy. Um, and it just took off uh, with influencers and folks alike. And we couldn't keep in stock. And we had to make a choice in that moment. It was like, do you pivot and go hard into something that clearly people want? Or are you sort of stuck in your, you know, like that creative vision you thought you were going to be? And so we made the choice to pivot hard and fast and realized kind of almost by accident about the power of the romper and what it meant to uh, women in particular and the freedom and comfortability and um, accessibility and versatility, like all of those things um, in one um, in one piece of clothing. Uh, and so that's what we kind of coined the romper revolution, which was just actually feeling beautiful, just as you are, come as you are. Um, and clothing is meant to fit you and not the other way around. And here we are six years later, six years later, you know, lead in the romper. And the revolution. romper and the romper lives. Now, I, I'm, there's so much about what you said there about the romper that I want to get into, but I just mm -hmm. want to pivot for a quick second and, and go personal just for a minute yeah. because I, and I love having this conversation with everyone because I think all of us who, who work in fashion, those of us who love fashion and love getting dressed, like love clothing, we all have a moment where it, 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 it it's made clear to us that clothing is more than just something to cover mm -hmm. our body to protect us from the sun, the rain, the wind, the, the snow, right? Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you have a moment in your past where you're like, that was it. That was the time where I was like, this is way more than just clothes on my back. I mean, I, I will say it wasn't so much a time as it is every day. I'm reminded because I, I think that the romper and the digital community we've created, I get to see the impact of that all the time and people, people's joy at finding something that fits them well and that they feel beautiful in. And I've met so many women over the years, especially women that are over a traditional extra large who... Uh, have tears in their eyes because they their whole life has have felt excluded and like they're not a part of fashion and they have to shop in these very like you know um, 
specific stores. They don't get the same shopping experience as their best friends. They go out with their friends and all they can do is buy accessories because nothing in the store fits them. And to, to be able to shop the same clothes as their idols, like Hillary Duff and Jillian Harris and all of those things and see themselves beautifully represented online um, is really uh, impactful in their lives. And in return, it means all the world to me. So when I get those moments of those women coming to me being like, oh my gosh, like I finally feel seen or I finally feel heard and I like appreciate it so much. Those are the moments where I'm like, oh, it's so much more than just clothes. You know, it's because they can show up, they see themselves on social media. They can have conversations, the same conversations um, that a woman who's an extra small are having. Uh, so that to me feels like the biggest reward. Well, and there's so much power in that. And I've had Murad Lari, who started the label Wide the Brand out here in Montreal, which is for plus size men. We've spoken with Meredith Shaw and this yeah. idea of finding belonging and really talking about what it means as someone who didn't fit in the traditional, you know, size catalog, yeah. either because you had to wear things that weren't your preference or you had to, you know, you felt unseen or invisible because the, you felt like the clothes, you weren't fitting into the clothes properly. Exactly. You know, there are so many when in fact, it's like, no, the clothes get to change and your body is perfect just the way it is. Yes. You know, what are, I'm curious, what are some of the, some of the stories you've heard from your community about what it means to have that experience of, I feel seen, I'm belonging. I no longer you know, the, 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 the shopping experience for something I want isn't weighted with trauma and disappointment. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think we can, like, I, I relate uh, to a lot of the women because I will fluctuate. And sometimes I, I fluctuate into the, the traditional plus size category and I can't shop, um, certain sites. And when I, I felt it pregnant too, you know, like you're just like, why can't you make things that'll fit my bob? I don't want to go to that pregnancy store. And I don't, I feel like all humans want is to feel like they belong, you know, like that's, that's really what humans want. It's what we strive for. It's, it's, and, and I, I imagine smash and test to be that person at the party. That's like, you know, you come in, you're so uncomfortable. You don't know a lot of people. And I feel like smash and test is that person that's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm, you know, I'm smash and test. Come on in. Like, um, it makes people feel at ease. And so I think fashion has been notorious for, really tearing women down and making women feel like they can't access that lifestyle or that look or that, you know, it's that editorial vibe that is super cool. And I get it. And, you know, it, it, it's fun in a lot of ways, but it's also um, really responsible for women having a lot of self-esteem issues and not feeling like they belong. And I have two little girls. And so now more than ever, I feel responsible um, to ensure that you know, they don't have negative self image that they aren't trying to achieve the impossible. And, you know, working in fashion, you realize how much like we don't, you know, try to touch up our photos, but you know, you realize it's actually unattainable. These bodies, the, the skin, this hair, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's unattainable and we're creating this impossible thing. And so as a mom and as a woman, um, in this industry, I feel that responsible, uh, to do my part to, to really show women of all shapes and sizes feeling comfortable and confident. Um, and I think there's a lot of work to do. Is it fair to say that Smash and Tess, you know, reached a, a new level of scale during the pandemic? Like, 
it's certainly the first time I became aware of your beautiful brand. Was the pandemic a time where awareness about your brand went up a level? Yeah, for sure. Um, we saw, uh, we were fortunate enough to see a very big spike when COVID hit. Um, obviously, like right product, right channel. Um, I think, you know, it was, uh, uh, we certainly saw a big boom. It'll be interesting to see as we transition into this post pandemic, endemic, whatever they're calling yeah. it era, um, what's going to happen. But I mean, I think there was certainly a moment where I was talking to my best friend in Vancouver. I was stuck in LA. That was very challenging. Seven, I couldn't come to Canada for 17 months without a yeah. deep quarantine. And I was like, I can't do that. I have two small children. I was pregnant with one during the pandemic too. Um, and so I, you know, we had a moment where we were like, should we, are we going to get locked down? What are we going to do? Are people going to stop shopping? I remember in March being like, maybe we move a moving truck into my best friend's driveway. She can fulfill from there with her nanny. And I'm going, I don't know, like thinking of all these things. And then it was literally, I think like, boom, overnight end of March, April. And it just, people started to shop and shop and shop online for comfortable clothes. And so we were like, oh my God, we don't have the stock. So it became a different problem. Um, and we very quickly turned into any fabric we could find, any styles we could find and kind of try to um, do our best to meet the demand in a, in a pretty hectic time. So, uh, you know, it, it, and it was challenging. Our retail partners were struggling, closing their doors. It was heartbreaking, you know, in so many yeah. ways to watch I know what it's like, you know, to build a business and it takes and consumes every bit of you to, so I, I think really sadly on the amount of businesses and women business owners who had to close their doors during the pandemic. And it was challenging as a, as a partner to retail to, you know, brick and mortar stores, uh, to help, you know, we were drop shipping for some of them, um, you know, just trying to give give them um, stock that they needed to turn into cash online so that they could keep afloat. Like it was um, a really challenging time. And I know there's a lot of businesses that sadly, you know, didn't come out of it. So, um, but we, we, we were very fortunate. You know, talking to, you know, just like my own girlfriends and, and other people, you know, in the, in the fashion community, it feels like there's been a, almost like a zeitgeist shift um, in these past challenging 24 months where we've moved from, you know, very structured dressing to more comfortable, looser, still chic. But, you know, I feel like there's been this shift in our attitudes about how and why we dress. Yeah. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I will say that I've, I've felt virtually unseen by the fashion industry um, in, in the Canada and the US for a while, like when we launched, because I think we were considered like cozy wear or loungewear and like we weren't the haute couture and we weren't the, you know, like, and meanwhile, I mean, the, the community was speaking with their dollars and we were growing. Um, and, you know, I felt a bit like it was really challenging to get um, people to notice us and talk about us and write about us and all of those things. And the pandemic has shifted things, I think, in a, in a big way where, you know, we realized like, oh my gosh, like I, if you think about women and you come home after a long day and I used to work in an office and you'd look at your body and this, and just the indents and the, like of, of our clothes that really look digging into us all day from our bras to our tight waistbands, to our shoes, feet aching, you know, and like, 
And, and don't get me wrong. I love a great pair of Louboutins. Like I will, you know, I'm all about, like, I love, um, a, a sharp suit, uh, when I'm in the mood for sure. But I think, um, the pendulum swing, uh, we were used to being uncomfortable and constricted and all of those things by our clothes and thinking like, that's just how it had to be. And the pandemic brought this like whole other shift of like cute, cozy, but like, you know, like the coordinated sets became like such a thing because it's like, yeah, I'm wearing a sweatsuit, but it's coordinated. So it's a look, you know, um, and the romper, of course, like so popular because it was one and done and comfortable and nothing's constricting you. And, um, so I think, uh, you know, part of navigating this, this time is we have to show up for her. She is ready to get back into the world. She wants to go meet her friends for drinks. She wants to go back into the office, but you know, how can we do that transition in a way that's still like, you're not sacrificing comfort. And so actually we created an elevate collection that was all about that. It was like elevate. So it's all comfy romper fabric, but it's like a a wrap blazer and cute pants and, um, you know, a little bit more of a chic romper that you can wear out for, for cocktails. And so I think, yeah, I think we're going to be I think we're going to demand more, you know, it's not just like how like great it looks, but how does it feel? Um, I think there's a blend of that. Well, so much of what you're saying there makes me think of a couple of things. Like a lot of the language that we use when we talk around comfortable dressing reminds me of self-care and the importance of treating all of our, like our body as well as our mind with, with respect and, and warmth and, and gentleness uh, so I'd love your reaction to that. But I also couldn't help but thinking, and maybe it's because I just started watching The Great on Amazon last oh, night. I love The Great, yeah. I, right? <laughs> but I, could, I can't help but think, like, are we, are we having one of those moments where a metaphorical, like we're ditching a metaphorical corset yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah. What That's do you think? interesting that you say that. I, I think so in a lot of ways. I think, um, I think we need more joy in our life. I, I think... Um, we all feel super bogged down and we are, this has been taking a toll on all of us. And I think that's also what people were looking for in the comfort of a romper was like that thing to wrap you up, to make, bring you a little bit of joy and playfulness and ease. Um, and I also think like life is really hard, you know, like it's, it's hard. It's always hard. It feels really hard right now, um, for a lot of reasons that things going on in the world. And, and so I think, you know, for Smash and Test, we show up as that celebratory item that's like, you deserve this, you deserve to feel comfortable, you deserve to breathe properly in your clothes and not be reminded constantly of the waistband that is cutting into your stomach. And all you can think is like, did I eat that extra bagel this morning? Yes, I did. And the clothes are constantly reminding you of like, you know, that you're not good enough. And so the comfort and the romper, like I do think, that we have sort of maybe shed that corset a bit. And I do think like when I look at how people are showing up for business and for interviews and for, and I remember I used to think, oh, I better put a blazer on. So I'm talking to, you know, bank people or I better put it in like, that's shifting. You know, you're seeing guys show up in hats and you're seeing like, you know, hoodies and rompers and, and we're still taking each other just as seriously. So, you know, I think we are, you know, relaxing a little bit and being like, we can have a little bit more fun with our clothes. We can just, be comfortable and look chic and cool. You know, you don't have to sacrifice it. I love how you just said that, you know, even though we've shed like a more structured, uh, you know, design per se, that we're still taking ourselves as seriously. I think that is such a profound 
insight because it speaks to where we're meeting each other in terms of values and and worthiness. hundred percent. And I think too, it's like, what's the one silver lining? Well, I guess like you, you're in my house, you know, like you're, you're in my house and the kids are running around. <laughs> yeah. You're in, it's lots of times you're in my bedroom. So I'm walking myself away from my kids. It's like, how more intimate can that be? And so uh, we've, we've kind of gotten rid of these, these layers, I think this sort of like preconceived notion of what professional means or what business means. And now it's like, I don't know, like you're in here, I'm wearing a hoodie and guess what? We're still getting tons of stuff done. So like, um, I think absolutely we're, it, it's shifted for sure. And I think that's, if I can think of a silver lining, <laughs> that might be one. Yeah. I think, I think it's less a romper revolution and it's actually a comfort revolution yeah. because comfort, like when I think of comfort and when I would want to dress comfortably, I think of like schlumpy, I don't care. I just want to curl up on yes. the couch. I'm not being social. And so what does comfort mean to you and mean to your community? Like, how are you seeing people's approach to comfort or where they want to be comfortable shifting? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think we need it. I think it is aligned with that self care. It's like, what can we do, you know, to take care of ourselves, our well being, our bodies, our minds? Like, so I think comfort is, is around that. It's like, um, it, it, it's, it's like the, the opposite of posturing, you know, it's like, I'm come as you are. It's like, um, you're brilliant as you are. And so I, I, I'm really excited about, that mind, that shift in perspective. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I agree with you that it, that it does feel like more of a comfort, a comfort revolution, which is exciting to me because, uh, it's really turning, turning the head on that. And it's really making us rethink what we're buying and adding to our wardrobes. Um, and, and who knows, I mean, maybe the pendulum will swing in a year from now. We'll all be wearing skin tight denim again. It's, it's, it's hard to say. I hope not. (laughs) I know fashion, but, but I think for comfort, comfort to me equals confidence, like comfort to me and maybe not to everybody, but when I feel comfortable, I feel confident. I feel like I can take anything on. I feel like there's nothing in my way. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited about is, is, um, I hope that that, that's what it means for everyone, you know? Well, and I think as we see more genderless dressing, as we see more, you know, inclusivity in terms of, uh, gender identity and pronoun acceptance and body confidence, that the shift is that we no longer let the clothes wear us. Like it's that internal, you know, sense of, of empowerment that allows us to say, you know, I'm, I might feel like wearing a dress. I might feel like wearing a romper. I might feel like wearing anything. Well, in this between. is this profound moment I had. So we did a collab with, um, coach Carrie Rhea. She's a very dear friend of mine and, um, she considers herself a gender hybrid. Um, and so we had these really deep conversations about clothing and the categories and fashion and what it feels like for her to shop. And I was so moved and sad that for her, the first time she felt seen was we created a for everyone section of our website. Um, and in there, there were styles that, you know, weren't attached to a particular gender. Um, and I thought to myself, like, 
wow, we do really need to start focusing on this in fashion. It, it, we, we've been making steps and in some cases, leaps and bounds in the plus size category, but have we had enough conversation around gender? And I couldn't even imagine, you know, I'm, I'm going to date her. I think she's 34 years old. Imagine your whole life, never seeing yourself never in, in a clothing store or in a brand or in anything. And I, it just made me so sad. Um, and it also made me feel like, okay, there's so much work to be done. I need to like rethink how we're gendering our clothes. Like, and I was guilty of it. We had such gendered like names and such, you know, like typically feminine names. And I was like, wow, I, I need to do some learning here and, and get to work. So that's what I've been focused on as well in the last couple of months. That's amazing. What a powerful experience that must have been. Like it feels like a really like transformative yeah. conversation that is like personally and professionally really um enlightening, not to yeah. put hyperbole on it, but just those are those are such important conversations to be had. I remember uh Gigi Gorgeous was a guest on this podcast uh before the pandemic and we were talking about the and she's uh transgender. Yeah, And she was talking about growing up and just like where the seam fell on her shoulder yeah. could make all the difference between feeling like herself and feeling like something she's not. And I think, you know, those of us who don't have that experience take for granted what it means to just be able to like throw on almost anything and totally it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that, and that's just further focus on why I'm like, we, of course, we can't be everything to everyone, but we certainly can do our absolute best to, as a brand um, to have people feel like they see themselves in your brand. Like that's, that's my goal. I just want everyone to show up and be like, oh my gosh, I belong here, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. you're not advocating a world without ball gowns and tuxedos no. and denim. <laughs> oh, I love all those things. Yeah. I, there's a time and a place, you know, I, um, I was wearing denim two days ago and I think that some of us are craving some structure, you know, some of us are like, I haven't worn jeans in a while. And then some of us are like, Oh my God, I never need to wear them again. I'm going to set fire to them. So, you know, it's, but I love fashion. I love all forms. Um, it just so happens that this is my niche and this is where I feel like I'm making the most impact. Ashley, this has been such a pleasure. If people want to follow you, follow the Smash and Test story, and we'll link these down below in the show notes as well, but where can people find you? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Smash Test or at A Freeborn. And of course, our website, smashtest.ca or smashtest.com if you're in the US. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I would love to connect with you on social. You can find me at Fashion Talks Pod on Instagram is the best place. If you have a moment to rate and review Fashion Talks on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. A big thank you to CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, uh, the producing partner with Fashion Talks. You can find out more about CAFA and all the other things we've talked about today in the show notes. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me. Bye. Bye.